0: Welcome to Is My Board Ready Yet? My name is Jason Andre, and I'll be taking you into the sheds of local and legendary surfboard shapers from around the world. We'll be talking foam, fins, and folklore, so put on your dust mask, and please stop asking. Hey, is my uh, board ready yet? Welcome to another episode of Is My Board Ready Yet? Thank you for your patience and waiting for this next episode. I had to take a little 40th birthday midlife crisis surf trip to the Maldives with a bunch of my best friends. And just before our flight home, we received the results of our mandatory PCR test. And two out of 10 of us, including myself, tested positive for COVID. So I got COVID and the Maldivian government scooped me and my friend Trevor up, put us on a boat, drove us 26 miles away from the capital to a resort island. that has been transformed into a quarantine island for those that are asymptomatic. We're all healthy. We're good. Thanks for asking. And we spent uh, two weeks there. And there we spent two weeks staring at the same two palm trees, watching volleyballs swim by, and uh, losing a few marbles never to be seen again. We did manage to keep our mental health somewhat intact by doing a little 50 push-up, 50 sit-up, run, swim, workout every day. We could at least get in the water and get chased out by aggressive black and white tip sharks. Um, So it was quite the adventure and shout out to Matthew McConaughey. I had his book Green Lights along for the ride thanks to my neighbor Tim. For uh, handing me that on my way out the door, I don't know if I could have survived without it, but um, appreciate that. And then, um, yeah, I'm back, mostly, most most of me, I think. Still not sure, but I am excited about this guest, which I've been meaning to post for quite a while now. Ian Balding, surfer, shaper carpenter, master craftsman, adventure boat captain. He's one of the only people I know that consistently hand shapes paddle boards, as well as other really cool, funky flotation devices. Um, Whether they're for his own personal pleasure or international big wave riders, he has a pretty interesting and storied list of people he's gotten to work with and boards that he's chosen to shape using all kinds of different materials. And I've actually worked with him on some designs in the past and entered one stand-up paddle surf contest in my life and happened to grab one of his boards and somehow worked my way to the final. And I think I got fourth or fifth. But I'd never even been on a stand-up paddle surfboard before, so I'm going to give him all the credit for that as a testament to his ability to shape. But we were supposed to meet in his backyard shaping Kwanzaa hut quite a while ago. We actually did. Uh, He's got a cool little Airstream back there, too. It's a really, really neat little backyard shaping area. But anyway, we were supposed to meet there. We did. And then his wife called and asked what was going on because she was trying to plan a surprise birthday dinner with him and his family. So we had to cancel. (laughs) We had to postpone it, and we ended up uh, connecting and going surfing on a nice summer day, and then uh, met up for a beer afterwards at the Lighthouse Beer and Wine Garden, and got to talk shop. So without further ado, Ian Balding of Ian Balding Surfboards. Hope you enjoy. I am here with the Infamous Ian Balding <laughs> of Ian Balding Shapes and Designs. Uh, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing well. Doing well. It's good to see you. You too. We just uh, had a little surf, a little ground swell out there today, and uh, out here in the beautiful backyard of the Lighthouse Wine and Beer Garden. So, Ian, tell me where you're from and. Kind of give me a little background on how you started surfing and shaping. Well, let's just start with surfing first. Where where are you from?
1: Yeah, so originally from New Jersey, Monmouth County, New Jersey. So kind of like the northernmost coast of New Jersey, where you can actually see Manhattan. Oh, wow. um, yeah, so kind of North Jersey coast. Um, but, you know, I haven't lived there for probably, shoot, 25 years, I would say. Uh, but yeah, that's where I grew up. Cool. Did you surf back then when you lived there? Yeah, I did. So I started surfing um, when I was like nine or ten. I think I got you know my first surfboard given to me by my uncle when I was like like nine years old. Yeah. Cool.
0: What was your uh What was your local? Where'd you surf when you were a kid back there in New Jersey?
1: Yeah. So local spots. I mean, Seabright was kind of like my local beach town. Um, Seabright, Long Branch, Sandy Hook. That was kind of like those were my local haunts. Right on. Yeah.
0: And then you were telling me earlier about how you had an uncle in Virginia Beach who gifted you your very first surfboard. So how did, how did that come about? Like, give me, give me some more deets on that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So my, um, my uncle Dennis was a, you know, Virginia Beach native his whole life. Um, And just a great all around guy, um, great surfer. And, you know, he, was kind of who I latched onto from like the surfing perspective. I mean, my parents were not like um, beach goers per se, um, but they obviously we took vacations down to Virginia Beach, and uh, you know, my uncle Dennis had a place down in in Rhode-Anthi too since like back in the seventies, and um, you know, I just kind of latched onto that whole surfing thing at his place, basically, you know, surfer magazines in the bathroom. And I took him home on vacation and just, you know, absorbed it, absorbed it all right on.
0: And then you continued surfing through your formative years. And then, uh, when did you first start thinking about shaping uh,
1: probably in like my late teens, I would say I, you know, I started like working with my hands through, through my dad and my grandfather, um, you know, in like my early teens and you doing know, carpentry just, and stuff. Yeah. Carpentry and stuff like that. Um, and just learn how to use tools. And that's kind of what got me to pay attention to, you know, when I went into the actual surf shop and was like, okay, fondling boards, like we all do back in the day <laughs> as kids, you know, it's like, Okay how do these actually work? How do they function? How do you make them? And, you know, the wheels just started turning and just kind of rolled downhill from there, really. Cool. So how how old were you when you first shaped your first board? Well, it probably wasn't until, like, my early 20s, I would say. Okay. Um, I think I was actually, like, shoot, probably 23. Um, so I was doing, like, ding repair and stuff like that. So I was always messing with, like, epoxies and, and polys and all that stuff. Um, still back in Jersey? Yeah, this is back in Jersey. So, um, you know, even back then I was like doing all my ding repair, doing ding repair for friends and stuff like that. Um, but I always had the interest in building boards. Um and I actually I took a trip early twenties to the Galapagos Islands. Oh, wow. and we went through Ecuador and we actually met a guy who um, you know, Ecuador is like where all of the best balsa wood in the world comes from, really. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. So, um, I met the guy who was like, his name is Skip Kozminski and he was like, uh, you know, old San Diego shaper, board builder. And he moved in the Peace Corps actually down to, uh, to Ecuador and just stayed, never went home. And he just started building specifically balsa wood boards and, um, you know, I, we just came across our our guide actually taking us out to the Galapagos, who was an Ecuadorian guy, super cool guy. I'm still friends with him to this day. He actually lives on the North Shore of Hawaii, but cool uh, or Oahu. But so, um he took us to meet Skip, and I just like fell in love. And I was like, this this is it. This is going to be my first, <laughs> you know, board building experience. So I literally ordered like five blanks from him and as soon as I got home and had them shipped straight to New Jersey and that's where I got started. It was actually on a balsa wood board. No way. Yeah. So solid or were you making them hollow? So they were hollow. Yeah. So he was building these, you know, kind of quote unquote kook box style boards. Um, you know, the design goes like all the way back to like the Tom Blake days, you know, where he was building these hollow core Boards that were like a rib system with rail bands, deck and a, and a bottom. Um, so that's what he was doing. He was building these um, hollow cord boards. So I ordered a bunch of blanks from him, and of course he would sell me um, some raw lumber too. So I, you know, just being like a carpenter nerd, also I I ordered some raw lumber from him, and I you know learned like the uh, the diff and style of building boards too, which was just. You know, putting your rocker into these, you know, six by six sticks of balsa wood and then flipping them over and routing out the chambers and then finishing the the shaping process. So I did it both ways. Wow, that's intense.
0: I think you're the first person I've met that started out by shaping balsa boards. I know. And you're not that
1: old. Jumping in the deep end.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, that's cool. That's, that's, I mean, it's kind of like getting the tutelage and the history of surfboard building. By starting at the beginning-ish. Yeah. Which is super cool. Yeah. That's, that, and so, the first board you made, what was it?
1: It was a 910 um, long board. Kind of a, a takeoff of like a, um, like a Yater Spoon kind of board. Okay. Um, I still have it, actually. It's in my no shop way. at the moment. Yeah. Right Put on. a big D-fin on it. And I, I, still, I still take it out from time to time. It's a fun board to serve. Is it heavy? It's actually not that bad. I mean, the, the chambered balsa wood boards, I, I've always been a proponent of them. I mean, they're just, um, they have such a place even in, in modern surfing, you know, mostly in like, um, you know, like retro style boards, even guns. I mean, I've made a bunch of, um, you know, big wave guns out of, out of as well. And they work great for that, but long boards are definitely a go for sure. Yeah, you've made a couple
0: of uh wooden boards over the years. Where do you get your balsa from now or do you even use balsa anymore?
1: Yeah, I mean I still use balsa typically if I'm doing a a wood board and it still comes from from Ecuador. Wow. Um you know, I'll still I'll still buy it from same guy. I mean I've got a a couple of other suppliers now at this point, but mm-hmm. um it's it's a niche thing, you know. I mean it's cuz they're sure. not cheap. I mean balsa wood is definitely not cheap, yeah. So and but, it's a know, lot of work. You're it's not a just lot of work, mowing it's... some
0: foam and slapping some fiberglass
1: on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they're super labor intensive. The materials are expensive, so it pushes the you know the cost of the board sure. kind of up a good
0: bit. Yeah, but they're beautiful boards when they're done. Yeah, for sure. That's cool. So that's how you got started. So you're kind of known as a paddleboard shaper. You shape surfboards as well, obviously at what point did you make that transition? Like how many boards had you made surfboards before you started getting into the paddleboard stuff? And why did you get into the paddleboard stuff?
1: Yeah. It's interesting. I've kind of like gotten a name as sort of a paddleboard guy, which, you know, is a little bit of a blessing and a curse. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's not a lot of guys
0: hand shaping paddleboards. Yeah. And you're the only person that I know personally that, Makes paddle boards. Yeah. Otherwise, you have to get them from these big,
1: bigger companies. So, how did that happen? Where Where, where did that start? I I mean, I kind of took it on as like a personal mission, really. I mean, I just being like a diehard surfboard guy. I mean, I really wanted to because I latched onto the paddleboard thing personally. You know, I mean, the first time I saw like layered on one in Surfer's Journal, I was like, I got to do that. You know, it's just <laughs> something refreshing. Yeah. Um, so I latched onto that and then, you know, I just kind of took it from there. I really wanted to take like the surfboard design and make paddleboards like just more functional, more performance oriented. And so that was kind of my mission. Okay. Uh, and that was right around the time I started doing it full time, you know? So that was, um, shoot, I don't know, like 12 years ago now. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how it started. Okay. What were your first
0: paddleboards like? Do you remember the first one you got and were you like, ah, I can make this better? Like, what was the, what was the impetus for, for saying, I want to do this myself. I want to give this a a try.
1: Yeah. So I actually, um, I had a, uh, you ever heard of Gene Cooper, Cooper fish surfboards? He's a, he was kind of an underground, like Ventura guy. So I, before I moved to Wilmington, you know, I, I lived out in Santa Barbara for a number of years, but. So Ventura being right there, um, Gene Cooper was kind of like, you know, the guy, um, you know, he was again, kind of an underground guy, but um, shapes are like impeccable Glasswork, Cause he does all the glass work too. It was just like impeccable, like the best glass work I've ever seen. And he was making paddle boards. No. So he's, he's a surfboard guy. He's oh, okay. like a, mostly a longboard guy, kind of a retro board. Gotcha. You know, design guy. Um, but always had, like, really, really good glasswork on all of his boards. Um, and he was doing it himself, start to finish. He was doing it himself, him start everything. to finish, yeah. So he, um, I mean, he's got a crew, and, and his thing has evolved now. He's His name is kind of out there now, and, um, you know, he he's definitely building a lot more boards than he was back then. But um, what year was that that you were That was probably, that was like right before I moved here. I would say probably late 90s. Okay. Like 98, 99, probably. Um, and you have to refresh my memory as to how I got off on that little tangent about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I was Cuba wondering fish. like how you got into shaping the paddleboard the yourself. Paddleboard like, thing. did you have your first
0: paddleboard from like one of the bigger manufacturers? Where did you go? Exactly. from Being a surfboard shaper, were you shaping surfboards back then? Yeah. In Santa Barbara, have you yeah. always shaped surfboards? Has that been your main source of income?
1: It was, it was not my main source of income, but yeah, I was definitely shaping boards back then, you know, started New Jersey, took it out there to Santa Barbara. Um, and yeah, that was kind of, that was the beginning of like the, the paddleboard thing for me when I moved here to Wilmington. Um, I, I had the interest, uh, you know, I didn't have one yet. And I was like, all right, I'm just, I'm going to go buy one. So I actually took, that's how I got onto the Gene Cooper thing. Yeah. Was so where does Gene Cooper fit in there? Yeah. So I, I had one of his boards that I got from a longboard, board. Um, awesome board, but it's, it's more of like a point break style board, you know, big fat wide tail on it, big, you know, wedge fin on it. Just not really like a, you know, shore pound East break or <laughs> east, east coast board. Mm-hmm. So um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to, sell it and of course hindsight being 2020 i wish i freaking had that thing back now you know man but i sold it um actually put it on consignment down at surf city here so that and that's actually when i met mike barden down at surf city um he was just starting to get into the paddleboard thing and he was carrying um some of these uh shoot i think gary wilson actually was the one who who made the board originally um And I did a clean swap with them for the, for the Cooper fish, took home a paddleboard and was like, you know what, I'm going to give it a try. And I did. And, you know, right off the bat, I was like, okay, this is super fun, but I can improve upon this. That's, you know, you know how it is. That's the whole design process. Yeah. 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 That's like the, the beginning of it all. So then you were already here.
0: You got your first paddleboard. Were you, when you moved here, were you already shaping? Yeah. You already have your, your shop set up and everything. Yep. Yeah. So I'd, um, were you doing it full-time then? what were you doing when you weren't shaping? Like you said, that wasn't your full-time thing. What were you doing in the interim?
1: Yeah. So it wasn't full-time until probably about, um, you know, like I said, I don't know, 12 years ago, roughly, but I moved here back in like 2000, 2001. So I was still making boards back then. Um, but Yeah. I mean, I wasn't doing it full time for a little while, but so basically I was just making boards for friends, friends of friends. um, And I was, uh, you know, I'd started a business with my two brothers um, doing remodeling. And we were actually, well, we actually, we started like kind of buying and flipping homes when the real estate market was actually good. And then it was not good in like 2008. <laughs> so we actually started contracting work out and I was still making boards on the side and I was working like 80 hours a week. And, you know, my new wife at the time, um, who of course I'm still married to, <laughs> she um, she told me, she was like, okay, you can't work 80 hours a week. Like you got to pick one or the other. Yeah. So, um, you know, the paddleboard market being really new and kind of exploding at that time, yeah, uh, it was just a good opportunity. So I kind of jumped in with both feet, and you know, that's kind of how I ended up with the the sort of paddleboard guy, quote unquote, um, reputation. You know, gotcha. because I, I was literally making probably seventy five percent paddleboards at that time. Wow, uh, as opposed to surfboards. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good oops
0: factor. Like, yeah, <laughs> I didn't really mean to do this, but yeah. So that, all right. But you were still shaping a lot of surfboards back then. Um, yeah. I remember seeing your stuff start to pop up because I was starting to explore other w- options for just being in the water. I've always loved to try whatever's new under the sun. And that ranged from riding Elias to like finding stand-up paddleboards because coming from the Outer Banks to here we don't have pumping waves as often as we do back home. So it was nice to uh, have other options just to stay on the water. And so I started to kind of get into the paddleboard stuff and that's kind of right when you were in your prime, but going back a little bit, what was the first paddleboard you made? How did you improve upon the first board you rode?
1: Um, Yeah. So I made it surf better basically. Um, I mean the first board I got was like a, you know, it was a, 10 foot all around or, or 10, six, you know, flat bottom, single fin. I mean, very similar to a longboard, but I wanted it to just surf better.
0: Okay. So So it was like a
1: beginner paddleboard essentially. Yeah, exactly. Which is what, you know, most of them were back then. Yeah. And, um, I just wanted to improve upon that. So I started doing, you know, some, just bringing elements of, you know, more performance. Surfboard attributes into paddle boards, just putting some bottom contours in them, playing with the fin configurations, yeah. you know, tail rockers, nose rockers, all that stuff. So where were you getting your templates from?
0: <laughs> how did yeah. you make how are you making your 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 new templates? Because those are big boards. They're they're yeah. different outlines. It's not something you just go and you you, you know, copy off of something else. Where did that how did you even start that process?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I just made them, you know, is the short answer. I mean, I, I basically <laughs> just eye it and pretty much just drew eye them out. out. I mean, i I you know, I mean, I've I've always had all of my um board designs on on CAD files. Okay. Um so I mean I I have done some like you know computer shaping back in the day. All of the designs originally came from hand shapes. Um, but when especially when i got into the paddleboard thing you know 12 years ago i did utilize the whole cad thing and and i would sort of you know tweak the designs in there and then i would basically hand shape them but as far as like pulling the rockers and everything cuz i i basically just did it all from scratch i mean i bought big billets of foam and i basically just drew out my rocker templates on plywood um battens basically and i basically just pin them to the side of the billet and hot wire, cut them out Yeah, and then hand shape them, you know, put my templates on and, and basically just hand shape them. And that's kind of where the whole design process started, you know, and then I would just tweak them from there. And then once I had a a design locked in, just like a, a surfboard design, you know, I would actually make a, a fine tuned CAD file out of it just so I could, you know, reproduce it in the future.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, That's cool. And then that transformed into the race paddle boards as well. Yeah. How did you go from making the surf paddle boards? Because I actually rode one of yours. I think it was, yeah, it was one of yours. The only stand-up paddle surf contest I ever entered. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) It was the, uh, was it the surf to sound or... Yeah, something like that. One one of the local contests, and my buddy Steve Schroeder was like, "Hey, man, I'm I'm doing this this stand up paddle surf contest. You should come down." Like, I've only ever really paddled them, but you know, I've surfed. I'm like, I'll I'll show up. And I think you said you had a bunch of extra boards laying around, some demo boards. And I went out there and. I think I told my wife, yeah, I'm just going to go surf a heat. Probably not going to make it. And then.
1: I think that was the first time we met, actually, I wasn't it? I think it, it? was. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then like four heats later, five heats later, I'm in the finals. Yeah. On a, <laughs> on a big,
1: giant, uh, quote, unquote, mini Simmons. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, surfboard, yeah.
0: Oh, man. The, my my uh, claim to fame, I went up and tried to throw this thing up into the lip and got absolutely obliterated, but I felt. I fell, but I was still on the board and, and like getting bounced around in the whitewater. And I st- stood back up, and all of a sudden, I'm, I just quote unquote made the wave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I got third, maybe yeah third or fourth. But yeah, that was that was my first surf sup experience. That's
1: on that board. <laughs> that's a great story. I remember that actually. That was that was a fun day. So I mean, that was a good example of like yeah. that board you know i was just trying to take something from surfing and and try it in stand up paddle surfing you know yeah. it was the Mini simmons i mean i did that with the fish too um but yeah that's funny that was that was a good day that was a good day I had to call my wife be like hey
0: i, I know i'm not home yet i'm, I'm in the finals <laughs> i don't know if you care but it's cool it's pretty cool <laughs> my buddy steve is pissed because i think i i beat him in the first heat yeah and, and put him out of the contest they they let me in last minute as like a i don't know sixth or seventh entry into the heat and i so funny. i knocked him out <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it was great uh but but going back to the to the race boards when did you start making those as opposed to just the regular surfboards? Cause those are completely different animals.
1: Yes, they definitely are. And actually race boards, interestingly enough, I mean, after that first sort of attempt at modernizing the, you know, the surf sup, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I pretty much got straight into racing, you oh. know, personally. I mean, I, I did like the first race here in town, which we were all racing on these round nose, you know, <laughs> paddle boards. Cause that's all there was just there were no race boards back in the day. <laughs> oh, so, that's funny. So literally like within the next year, I mean, you know, there were some guys like, you know, Ron house, I think probably, you know, designed and built one of the original, you know, race boards out on the West coast. Um, you know, one of those showed up here at the, uh, I, mean, I can't remember what race it was, but, um, I mean, I remember seeing it and being like, Okay, here's evolution. Like, um it got me stoked, you know. I was I was into it. So and I was actually into the racing part of it. I mean, I thought it was it was great from just like an athletic, you know, perspective. I mean, just it was a great workout, it was fun, it was like all the local guys, you know, like local surf guys, you know, that were yeah. that were just that was like the original core group of the paddleboard group around here in Wilmington was like all local surf guys. Um, so the stoke factor was high and I just took the, from the design perspective, you know, just totally wrap my head around, how do I make a flat water board basically go faster? Mm. And so I, you know, consulted, you know, even I've I've got a, you know friend of a friend who's like a a naval architect and i kind of talked to him uh, about just like catamaran hull design i mean there was a lot of like um like catamaran race sailboats back in the day a lot of that dna kind of in these first boards oh interesting and then it evolved even more towards that um down the road had those bark boards come out yet um, cause they seem to make it pretty big. They did stamp in the, I don't think he industry. was like, well, I mean, you know, Joe Bark is like the, the guru of, of, you know, paddleboard. I mean, he's been making, you know, the prone paddleboards like way, way back. Okay. And, and really like evolving that whole, uh, genre. So it was kind of like a, a no brainer for him to get into that. But as far as like the surf tech, like production model, the yellow, yeah. you know, commander, I think it was, was, I, I don't know if it's the commander design. I can't remember. Anyway, yeah. um, that like exploded. I mean, it was like within a, a year you saw like yeah. 15, 20, 30 of those at every race. Um, you know, SurfTech was kind of pumping them out. But I mean, at the beginning, you know, I I don't hold me to this, but I, I'm pretty sure that like you know, Ron House might have been the first guy to like really make a stand-up paddle race board. Okay, Joe Bark may get pissed at me for saying that. He may have been toying, <laughs> but it know. wasn't you. It was point. not me. It was not me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, th- for me, it was just like and evolving, you know, because I was I was paddling paddling them. I actually got a Nash race board back in the day. Um, had like a loose sort of sponsorship thing with them. And I did a couple of races on one of their javelin boards The thing was 26 inches. Well, I'm, I'm six, four, you know? Yeah. And it had a rounded bottom too. It was like standing on a grease log, you know? I mean, I was like, I mean, if the wind was over 10 miles an hour, you're done, it was hard to stay on <laughs> you're the, in thing. the water. So, yeah. So that was when my, the light bulbs really started going off in my head and was like, okay, I mean, I'm a, I'm a custom board builder at this point. Like I'm going to make what I want, you know? So that's kind of how that came about. Cool. And then that evolved eventually into,
0: and I think you've only done one of them, the bateau. Oh yeah. Am I saying that properly?
1: The bateau, yes. The bateau. Tell us about that. Yeah. The bateau was a labor of love, stress on the labor. (laughs) It's, um, a lot of work goes Ex- into those.
0: Explain what it is because I've I've seen it. I've been on it. Yeah. But for people that aren't visualizing it, and I'll I'll post a picture of it in the yeah. uh, on the socials. But
1: what is it? Explain it. Yeah. So it's basically um, a, you know a recreational style you know paddleboard, and I use air quotes with paddleboard because I mean it looks kind of like a boat. You know, I mean bateau is you know a French word for boat. So that's kind of where that came from, but um it was really just an idea that I had kind of like bouncing around my brain for a number of years. Uh I wanted something that I could like take fishing, go back in the marshes, get into some skinny water, load it down with gear. I could take it camping, um, put a cooler on it. So a that's wife a dog. A wife, a dog, <laughs> beach chairs. I think I've seen pictures yeah. of this thing loaded up. Yeah, exactly. So I I wanted that. I mean, I had designs to, you know, even add like a little trolling motor or an electric motor to it at one point. Um, but so I made the first version of that was a 16 footer, wow. which I still have. You've seen it in my shop yeah. hanging on the wall there. That's um, that was the original prototype. And how much does that thing weigh? It weighs 47 pounds. So it's pretty heavy duty. It. I mean, as far as the paddleboard goes, yeah. But for, you know, when you... Look but at it, to 16 a foot, you know, 36 inch wide. Yeah. You know, whatever, six, seven inch. Compared thick. to my
0: seventeen foot uh aluminum skiff, it's yeah. pretty
1: light. Like you can carry it, you yeah. know. I mean it's got a handle just like a paddleboard. I mean, I carry it under my arm. I usually throw it up on my shoulder, but you know, it's big. Yeah. <laughs> it's sixteen feet long. That's cool. So when I take it down to the beach, I mean it's literally hanging, you know, four or five feet out of the back of my van, but um And and then it evolved from there, you know, it's, I kind of actually entered it in Garden and Guns um, Made in the South Awards, just on a whim, and it became a finalist. So it was actually posted in the magazine. Cool. And, you know, just a little picture in the magazine, and I got like so much interest from it, started making them on a, you know, semi-production level with my crew that I had at the time. And, um, but we were building them like paddle boards, you know, I mean, it was like a foam core hand shaped basically and hand laminated and, you know, vacuum bagging veneers onto them. I mean, I, I started using carbon fiber and a Negra and all kinds of, you know, crazy like composite stuff. So you've made more than one. Oh yeah. I mean, I made a bunch of them for a while. Um,
0: yeah. See, I, I thought you just made that one or like, that was such a pain in the ass.
1: and never making this again, yeah. <laughs> but you made a bunch of them. The seed was planted at that point. Like this is a pain yeah. in the ass to make these things. But yeah, no, I made a bunch of them. I actually made one for a guy. Interesting story. Canadian guy who I had made a river surfing board for a few years prior to that. He called me up and was like, you know, he was like, um, I need a bulletproof, um, a bulletproof board and he had been following my stuff on social media and he was like, like taking it
0: down rocky Canadian rivers. Yeah, or Cause he's
1: literally paddling into like rocky rivers and, and catching waves. And if you know, you lose the wave, you're going downstream and bouncing off rocks basically. So I made him a carbon fiber railed fish with, um, you know, sandwich like bamboo on the bottom and on the deck of the board out of EPS. So it was still super light. Um, and he, called me like two years later and he was like this board is amazing and and it like has no dings in it and I've literally bounced it off of rocks and I've really surfed the hell out of it and it's still good to go I want to order a bateau from you and I was like okay and he told me that he um, had this plan this trip that he wanted to do he wanted to paddle the entire Ottawa River which is like 800 miles or something like that cow and I was like, wow, okay, that's ambitious. Yeah. First off. Secondly, yeah, we're gonna have to make you a board that's gonna hold up to that. So we um you know, that's kind of when I redesigned like all the composite work on it. I just started using the Anegra, started using some carbon fiber. Um What's Anegra? Re- so Anegra is like a it's like a PVC based cloth. So it's not like fiberglass where uh fiberglass actually like absorbs the epoxy resin. Um the Anegra actually just gets encompassed by the uh by the resin. So it's super strong, but it's it's very tricky to laminate with because you have to um it just doesn't absorb like fiberglass. You know, you so have you, to soak it from the bottom yeah, and the top. You and the really inside, have to outside. like work it down in and around like all the fibers of the glass. Gotcha. But they're super it's like super strong once it's once it's actually cured. So I made that board for him and he paddled the entire Eight hundred miles of the Ottawa River with that board loaded up i've got pictures of it loaded wow. up with all of his gear tents, everything and um and he actually took a trip back to North Carolina, brought it back to me, and brought the fish that he that I made for him years before that, pulled the fish out, and I was like, "Oh my God, I can't believe this thing still looks as good as it does <laughs> and he pulled the bateau out, and you know I was like amazing it's still in like i mean it had like one ding in it but i mean it had a bunch of like pressure dings and stuff sure. but he was like dude i mean i literally ran this thing up on like rocks in a river and like i mean it has seen some serious abuse wow and uh he gave it to me to kind of you know clean up for him so i did i mean i like re-hot coated the bottom and like flattened it all out for him and um he took it back up to canada but yeah It's an interesting, interesting board concept for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All terrain vehicle. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. boards. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was like I would put a surfboard on it and paddle over to Masonboro and go surfing. Sure. (laughs) Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Getting back to surfboards, you several years ago worked with Ben Bourgeois on a couple different projects that I want to touch on. One of them was a gun that had passed numerous locally famous hands, um, and then I also want to discuss the GoPro tail camera. Mm-hmm. But
1: talk to me about that board you made for uh, for Ben Bourgeois. Yeah. So that was um actually turned into a really fun project. It was fun right off the bat. But so he um he borrowed a 610 Maurice Cole reverse V. I mean, you big remember fan. like the oh, yeah, fan. you're a big fan. <laughs> and you remember the Tom Curran days when he was riding those things back oh, yeah. in like the, you know, back in the nineties. And um so Ben brings me this board. It's an original, you know probably early 90s maurice cole reverse v that he got from um ross stevens who that was actually ross's dad's board and was like a mason burrow you know when it gets big breaks out on the shoals that was kind of the the board yeah and ben surfed it out there at the shoals one day he was just out there surfing with ross ross happened to be on the board they swap boards and ben was like well this is a freaking magic board of course it is yeah it's It's got some aborigine magic in it exactly (laughs) so he brought me the board at the shop and was like this is a magic board i I want you to like reproduce this because i'm gonna have to you know give this board back to ross at some time or at some point so um i was like yeah sweet let's do it so i i made him the first version which he he ended up taking down to i think a trip to nicaragua And he was with the Safari Charters guys down there. And feedback I got was like immediate. I mean, he's like, this board is just like a barrel monster. Like it's at 6'10", you'd catch anything. I mean, especially for a guy like him. Yeah. Um, And, you know, just like the micro like adjustments in the barrel are like, it's just, it's amazing. How wide was it? Do you remember? I think we made it like 18 and... Well, so the original version was like, 18 and a half, 18 and five eighths, something like that. Okay. Um, you know, Ben's typically likes a little bit narrow of a board. I think, I, so I think I trimmed it up a little bit to like 18 and a quarter or something like that. But, um, so super sleek, you know, at six ten, I mean, it was like a needle, um, but it's the bottom, you know, the, the reverse V bottom that just allows you to like make these quick little adjustments in the barrel. And so that was actually the original um, camera mount setup. I mean, they just literally like MacGyvered it down there in Nicaragua. I mean, they made this like, I was getting these pictures from them, these texts with these like booms that look like these microphone stands like coming up off the back of the board and over in front and which was, oh, a so that was the same board, the same board. Oh wow. Okay. But they, so they literally like, uh, they took it to a, a ding repair guy down there and they made this like crazy funky, just like a stick, basically like yeah. epoxy to the back of the board. Had you already given them the idea? Like now, where, so how did that even happen? That's actually where the idea came from. They, and I don't know who like, threw the idea out there originally, but they MacGyvered this glued it to the board and got these really cool images. So when Ben brought it back to me, we were of course talking about this and I was like, okay, this can be improved upon, you know, how can I make this something that actually is like functional and works and can get the best, uh, imagery, you know, yeah. and get the best angle. So yeah.
0: so for those of us that don't know what you and I are talking about, this is a, a mount on a pole. It's a GoPro basically on the end of a stick that's mounted on the very back of the board, the very tail of the board that then shoots the surfer potentially. From behind, basically. Yeah. From behind getting barreled. So you have the whole surfer in the shot, you have the inside of the barrel, you can see the lip, you can see kind of the whole picture. Um and so this is this is the
1: same board that that started getting experimented with. Yeah. Yeah, so that was the that was the first board and that was um he actually left that board down there in Nicaragua. Um but when he came back, you know, we were talking about it and like I just immediately started thinking, like, how can I improve upon this and make it something? Because it's actually really interesting, you know? Like, it gets an unbelievable perspective. Yeah. You know, not that it's the first image from inside the barrel, but it was like... Right, but it's one that you don't have to have a cameraman getting sucked up over the falls behind...
0: The person getting barreled like that's such a
1: yeah such and it gets a crazy like crazy shot a, you know a full size shot of the surfer the whole board and you're not having to hold anything in your hand or put something in your mouth or yeah, yeah exactly so i was like okay how can i improve upon this so you know i have just through the whole paddle boarding thing i mean i use lots of like carbon fiber tubing i mean i use them on the bad toes for drains um i was like okay i've got some you know, half inch diameter carbon fiber tube. And I got a ton of carbon fiber laying around the shop. Uh, you know, how can I make a mount that is removable basically so you can travel with the board? Right. So I made him a, a new version of the board. You know, when I got the original, I made all kinds of like rocker templates and and everything so I could, you know, reproduce it as a hand Um So I rebuilt the board and I made it, Um, this carbon fiber stem basically, which was like 27 inches long. And it was all about just getting the right angle backwards, you know, enough height up so that it's not in the foam ball behind you You can get like a clear shot without any water all over the camera. And we kind of nailed it really. I mean, it's just got the right height, the right angle. And I made it so that it could screw down into the board. Um, of course hindsight being 2020 you use stainless steel screws you know and it takes a hit it's going to potentially do some damage to the board which it did <laughs> did it rip ripping, the tail off ripping the whole tail of the. oh yeah, no the whole, well rip the plugs and the skin right off the back yeah. of the board um but it got some unbelievable imagery video and and um and images i mean i think he actually uh, entered one of his videos from a trip to mexico uh, in, like, a GoPro, GoPro um, like, award contest, Competition something like that. Yeah, a, a GoPro contest. And the guys from GoPro said, like, this would probably win, but you didn't have it in the right mode on the GoPro. Like, it needs to be at a certain speed, and it was in the wrong speed for whatever <laughs> reason. So it was, like, disqualified. Come on, GoPro. I know. Jeez. Which is funny, but... So that was technical. He lost on a technicality. Lost on a technicality. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, the imagery and the video were just so cool. I was like, this is, we're going to be making more of these for sure. So have you made more of those? Well, so I have not a ton um, because it is a very labor intensive thing and, you know, doing building boards full time, um, you know, you kind of, you know that's like a passion project you know yeah um so he actually is the one who who hooked me up with Brett Barley you know who is obviously the GoPro king of the Outer Banks right <laughs> and uh um, yeah yeah I so, talked to Brett about this he he
0: really likes it and has had some pretty pretty good success with it
1: um so did you how did you modify it for for Brett yeah so i made the same exact board. Basically I just beefed the board up. I put like walnut veneer on the bottom and the deck carbon fiber rails and, um, and basically just beefed up the, uh, the way the Mount is secured to the board. Um, I mean, I always did like a carbon fiber skin over the top of it, but uh, and I used the same barrels to actually like Mount in the board, but I, I routed out like sections of the blank and dropped in, like, high-density foam and then set the barrels in the high-density foam, glassed over it with carbon fiber. But the most important part was using the vinyl screws so that it could, you know, technically break away. Like, if it took a hit, you know, it would just pull the screw heads right through the base and, you know, the actual base would be attached to the board with a little leash so you wouldn't lose the whole setup. Or the tail of the board. Or the tail of your board. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that was kind of like the next the next level of it. And uh, you know, he's he's put it to use and got some some really cool video and, and imagery. Cool. Have you done any more since then or other than that one? No, I actually kind of kind of like the bateau. I mean, I had to stop really making the the bateau just because I mean, you know, business changes, things sure. change and you know, I um you know, was making some significant changes and was kind of cutting my crew back. And I was like, I can't, I can't make these things by myself. So I stopped making the bat toes. It was kind of the same thing with the, um, uh, with the camera board. It was like, I just don't really have any interest in making these for everybody. And it's not a board for everybody. You know, you have to yeah. be like a really good, like you could ride it, you know, you gotta be a really good barrel rider to like,
0: I appreciate to, you uh, saying that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know if I could, but yeah, uh you grew up in the Outer Banks. You know how to ride a it, barrel. It sounds like there's a
0: there's a lot to it. Getting the settings right. Yeah, there's getting that. positions so you can get it recording and
1: not kicking the camera not kicking while you're it, you know while you're paddling, splashing it. it.
0: Yeah, yeah, picking the right
1: wave, you know, yeah. so that you can you know
0: make so it, it out. There's a lot hopefully. involved.
1: Yeah. It sounds like, yeah, but for sure. when you get the shot. It's pretty epic. It's Yeah, it's like spot on. I mean, it's just a, a really cool perspective.
0: Yeah, that's cool, man. Um, and then you recently moved and then you set up a whole new shop in your backyard and you are no longer with the crew doing everything yourself again. And um, kind of walk me through what you're doing now, where are you currently in your board building process, career, steps forward? Yeah. Speaking of crew, you've also got a new business. So yeah, tell yeah. me, tell me a little bit about
1: that. Yeah. So we, um, I mean, long story short, basically my, my wife, Christy and I, we started, uh, Epic Excursions, which is a boat charter business and, and kind of launching off of the platform of like the, the paddleboard and, and surfboard business. But, so we started with like surfboard and and paddleboard charters, basically, uh, and that kind of blossomed into what it is now. Which we you know we've added like food options and stuff like that. So you can do low country boils, and we do a lot of like larger group events, stuff like that. Um, but it's all about just getting people you know out on the water, out in the marshes, out on the beaches, all the beautiful areas around here that you can't see without having a boat. Basically, yeah, cool. Um, so when that you say was,
0: paddleboard excursions, are you giving them
1: lessons? Are you just providing the boards? Like what does that all entail? Uh, it's really just kind of depends on the situation. You know, if there mm. are, if we've got rookie paddlers, you know, out there with us, then there's usually, yeah, there's a lesson involved with it. Um, but it's just kind of putting them in the right place to kind of maximize their experience, you know? Yeah. So you get away from the boat traffic, all that stuff, just, Going tucking way back in the marshes where it's nice sandy bottom, like you can't can't hurt yourself. You know, it's just yeah. a good place to to give it a whirl.
0: That's cool, man. Yeah.
1: Um. But then where are you with
0: the board building with that business kind of taking off?
1: Yeah. So that um, that business definitely did take off. So we're um, uh, and it's been you know lucrative for us too. So it has definitely changed um, my perspective from just like a making a living standpoint. Um yeah. so it's it's taken a lot of my focus um still making boards. I mean the the shop like you mentioned that I, I built in the yard which you know we just built a new house and and the shop. Um is really kind of to be like a flex space. So I I always build boards because I love building boards. And that's kind of what that space is, you know, really designed for. Sure. So it's got my shaping room in there, sanding room. They're now dual function. I don't have a shaping room and a sanding room anymore, but I just do them both in in the same room, um, you know, in a big glassing space. And, um, so it's, it's kind of changed in the sense it's just changed my focus. So the bulk of, of what I'm doing now is, um, the, the charters, although I've got so many board orders at the moment, you know, through all this COVID mess that, um, you know, I'm definitely bouncing back and forth on a regular basis. I feel like a pinball sometimes. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'll always be focusing on, I think now going forward, I'm just going to be focusing on like the, the projects that I really want to do, you know, like the custom surfboard stuff. That's really where my passion lies doing guns, you know, long boards and more of like retro style boards. I mean, I make performance boards and stuff like that, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you know. you've had
0: some interesting boards over the years, and I've I've tried out a few of them. Um, but speaking of guns, you've had you've had a couple pretty high profile clients come to you, and I think the a couple of the balsa boards you made were for some highly respected big wave guys. Yeah, uh, tell me tell me about that. Yeah, so gosh. how did that even happen?
1: Yeah, well, so Jamie Mitchell, you know, is the the surfer and he, you know, I mean, if you're familiar with like surf culture and lore, then you probably know his name. I mean, he's kind of a legend in the, in the surf world. I mean, he was, um, 10 time Molokai to Oahu, you know, prone paddleboard champion. I mean, he's an Australian guy, um, you know, had that accomplishment, which is a huge accomplishment just in itself. Um, he parlayed that into like a, a paddleboard, career as a professional. And, you know, that was like right at the beginning of the boom of paddleboarding. So he was in the racing scene. He was in the surf sub scene. All of that. Um so he was here in town at the Carolina Cup, which, you know, is like one of the was and probably is still one of the biggest paddleboard races in the country for sure. Um so I got to meet him here and he was just sort of like on the edge of he's always been a big wave surfer you know yeah. but he wasn't like known throughout the world as like you know what big wave surfers are now which is sure. a totally different thing than it was even 10 years ago yeah um, but being
0: the consummate waterman that he is he's like well oh, i need to step my game up and
1: yeah now he's like freaking legend <laughs> yeah exactly so um he had this one uh wave at Hera in france which i don't know if you remember this but it was like at the time, it was being considered like, "Whoa, is this the biggest wave that's ever been caught?" Yeah, of course, it wasn't made. He made it like halfway down the face and just got bumped off by chop and just got annihilated <laughs> after that <laughs> so i we we actually had a conversation about that wave, and I was like, i was like man i'm I'm telling you not to sound like overly confident here, but like a balsa board I feel like could really." eliminate what happened on that wave like you were hitting this chop and it just basically bounced you you know when you're going that much velocity i mean yeah. you're gonna get bounced off and so i was like let's let's try balsa wood i think it would be a you think the weight benefit yeah the weight just having that because that's i mean i've been riding them for you know 20 something years now i mean i know the benefits and i think anybody who's ever ridden one knows the benefits like they paddle like nothing else. I mean, And they just cut through chop like it's nothing. It's like yeah. it's not even there. So after having watched that wave, I was like, I, I think you should try a balsa wood board. And he was like, yeah, I, th- I would too. <laughs> so that was oh, kind of wow. like, we were off to the races at that point. And, and that was just what a conversation he had on the sound there behind yeah. Blockade Runner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's and awesome. so He, um, I mean, it literally wasn't until the next year, I think when he was back in town where I was like, you know, I had talked to him at that point. I was like, I'm ready to go on this project. Let's, let's do it. So he was in town, he stopped out by the shop and I had the blanks, um, everything ready to go. We talked a bunch about design and, um, you know, sort of his like specifics as far as what he liked and what I thought we should do with it. And then we just put them together built them and um, I actually took them and like hand delivered them over to Hawaii. I was like, it's a good reason to take a, take a vacation to Hawaii. Heck right. Yeah, <laughs> It's a write off. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, the stars just aligned. And I mean, when we were over there, that was like the last time the Eddie contest actually went was, Oh wow. Uh, was that year. And i happened to be there and, you know, he didn't surf the boards in the contest, but I, was not shocked by that. I'm like, you know, the biggest contest of your life. Like, do you want to get on a brand new board that you've never, Yeah, you don't want to
0: just jump on some Howley board from New Jersey slash North Carolina.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, um, you know, but he actually, I think he got like third or fourth in that contest that year. I mean, it was, it was amazing just, just being there. Cool. And, you know, of course I was staying at, um, you know, I mean, Reggie's house over there on, on the North shore. Uh And, um, You know, Twiggy, who's like one of the biggest, you know, or best known big wave surfers in the world now too. He stays there. So we had like front row seats to the whole thing. It was, it was amazing. That's fun. Um, And then he did actually end up getting to ride the board. I think like a week later, there was some, he had to fly back to Australia at one point right after the contest. But when he got back, a swell came up and he was able to ride it out at, at Jaws, which is what was, it was originally intended for. And, um, I mean that was amazing when my phone just started lighting up with like you know, got to ride it today you know oh man got some pictures coming it was Did you get chills like, or what oh You're yeah like, oh, totally
0: is... totally it was that was cool that's really cool yeah right on have you and that's that's the main person that I know of have you had any other big names in the surf world or stand up paddle world come to you and do some cool work for her?
1: um. Well, I mean, I can say actually on that board too, um, Chuck Patterson, I mean, you know his name. So he's, he was big in the, I mean, he's like a legend in like the Squaw Valley ski world, you know, back in the day. Uh, and then, you know, even in the surfing world too. And he's always been a big wave surfer. He made a name for himself in the paddleboard world too, at the beginning. Um, and he's a good friend of Jamie's too. And he was actually out that day at Jaws at Jaws. And he got to you know they swap boards. Jamie was like, "You need to try this board. I mean, oh wow, it's probably perfect for you because Chuck's like a a big dude, and that board had some volume in it." Um, so you know, ultimately, I mean, like Jamie's particulars about boards have gone like much much thinner and and narrower. He's not as big of a guy as Chuck, but um, so I actually got a lot of like really good positive feedback from Chuck on that board. He um he wrote it and and was really stoked on it too. So yeah. Right on. Have you made any more since then? Uh, Of the balsas? Mm. Um, I mean, I've definitely made some more balsas, but not so many of the, of the guns. Um, It's interesting because the, the big wave gun design um, has just changed so much. It's like, Actually, that reverse V that we were talking about, the, yeah. the Maurice Cole, you know, bottom, which was interesting story, was kind of like a mistake back in the day. I don't know if we've ever talked about this, no, but I, I think that. when he, he cut that original board for Curran on a machine and it was cut with a reverse V. It was supposed to have like a completely different bottom contour on it, but it was cut like that with that V on it. And he was like... Were they even cutting boards out back then? Yeah. like Yeah, like back in the day, that was like one of the original... I mean, that's like where one of the original like CNC machines was like a French machine back in the day. But So um, he got that board back and he was like, oh, this is kind of fucked up, but let's glass it anyway. (laughs) Let's give it to
0: Curran. He can write anything. (laughs) (laughs) He
1: can write anything. (laughs) So that's what they did. He glassed it up and he gave it to Curran and Curran wrote it into infamy right and that's kind of when the the reverse v bottom kind of came about it was like a mistake which is kind of funny but so interestingly enough i put like on that balsa board for jamie i put my kind of typical um what i consider to be a gun bottom on it which is basically like a, a brewer bottom right so dick brewer back in the day came up with the the single concave through the center of the board, kind of blending back into a V with a double concave through the fin area, which just works, you know, I mean, that bottom just, it just works. It's like every
0: board I had from 1990 to (laughs)
1: 2020. Yeah. It's like, you know, hydrodynamic hall of fame. Right. I mean, it's like, it just works. So that's what I went with. And, you know, we were designing the board for jaws and he wanted to ride the barrel. Right. So I'm like, okay, this is a barrel riding bottom. That's what I put on it. Um, which interestingly enough, board design has gone to the reverse V for big guns. It's kind of interesting how it went to that. So the reverse V is like a, um, it's all about less drag. Right. So the, the brewer bottom creates some drag, right. Kind of like the tri-fin, like you get, You're trying to slow down. Right. You're trying to slow down. Drag is actually what creates maneuverability, basically. So, kind of like the tri fin, you know, having that fin way back at the back of the tail creates drag, and that's what gives the board some maneuverability. Same thing with the Brewer bottom. So, with these big wave boards, though, they were just outrunning avalanches, you know? So, they're like, we need full throttle speed, we need to get out and away from it. And we need to be forgiven right. should
0: we go airborne. And the reverse V helps with that too. It's exactly. It's very forgiving. Lets you roll from one rail to the other a lot easier when you're riding these
1: huge needles. Yeah. So, that's kind of, that's the way design for those big boards have gone. Yeah. So, it's changed a bit. Yeah. That's a whole new realm, you know? <laughs> it is. And constantly
0: changing too, you know, in 10 years… They're gonna be like, well, we actually want a six-five and we I want mean, seven fins with <laughs> blades sticking out the rails. <laughs> you know, you just or all know. be
1: riding like hovercraft or something out there. I mean, like Tylenol's yeah, sure. riding like the hydrofoil out there, like a yeah. four-six,
0: you Ka- know, high and Laird will be ten feet out of the water and their their uh, hydrofoil will be dragging along the reef so they can slow down.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: Exactly. Uh, that's cool. Well, man, we've covered a lot of a lot of good material. Is there anything else that um, you wanted to talk about, or anything else that uh, any any cool stuff that's happened to you that uh, cool is stuff, relevant?
1: Cool stuff. Uh, I think it'll be cool stuff when we actually get to do our trip up to the Outer Banks and get some barrels soon. Hopefully, I that's coming up. Would agree with that. Hundred <laughs> percent go do some uh some testing yeah absolutely product testing i think we might need to make a, a couple of new boards just for this fall
0: maybe with a gopro mount
1: oh i got you go. the new
0: uh camera with the lenses on both sides so we could do like a full like 360, 360 shot. yeah yeah get super weird
1: evolution get some evolution. Real trippy
0: music going get brett to edit it for us yeah.
1: <laughs> be sick exactly
0: all right, man. Well, thanks a lot for uh, taking the time, and thanks for all the cool stuff that you've been doing, and good luck in your new ventures and your old ventures. And uh, Yeah, thanks. Look forward to seeing you out in the water again.
1: Absolutely. I appreciate it. It's been fun. Yeah, man. All right. See you later. All right. Thanks. To hold the door when she walks by To always fight in between the lines
0: Thanks again to Ian Balding for joining me. You can check out some of the awesome work that he's done and is still doing on Facebook and Instagram at Ian Balding Customs. You can also check out his cool excursion company, Epic Excursions, where you can go glamping. You can just go on a little party cruise around some of the local surrounding barrier islands. And the music that you're hearing is an old friend of mine, Mike Blair, and the Stonewalls with one of their recent singles called Sleepin' Sundays. You can find them wherever you get your music. And thank you guys again for checking us out. Give us a follow on the socials if you like what you're hearing, and maybe a little five-star review wouldn't hurt either. I plan on recapping my trip to the Maldives in the next episode with a very special guest, we did some thorough, thorough testing of fin designs and boards and I actually started working with Corey Nolan from Hydrofile Surfcraft from the last episode and have designed my own custom Jason-Andre Pro Model Twin Fins, which I'm very excited about, and I'm having a bunch of those made and uh, hopefully we'll have them by, I don't know, November, maybe? Hopefully? wink wink nudge nudge hey cory hope you're listening stoked and that's it have a great day hope to see you in the water